Kate. And I'm Jamie. And this is Creeps and Coffee. A show where we talk about the creepiest crime cases around the world. So, let's grab some coffee. And have a chat. Welcome back to episode five, hey? Oh my god, you sounded so Canadian. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'm just like, obviously I knew we'd still be doing it, but can't believe it's only, like, it's already five episodes. I'm surprised people are listening, honestly. I'm shocked. More so than, like, my mom and dad. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was gonna be it. Yeah, I was like, I was pretty convinced that we were gonna get bullied by yeah. ourselves. Uh, that's still <laughs> happening, but... <laughs> you know what? I'll give you that. Not for other things. Well, happy episode five, buddy. Yeah. How are Proud you? Of us. I'm, uh, I'm good. Almost finished school. I took a yeah. big F on an exam yesterday. Oh. It was only worth 10%, though, so it was fine. Hey! <laughs> How are you? Huh. Well... You know. <laughs> it, um, for people who don't personally know me... Uh, I've had two surgeries in the past two weeks that are pretty major, so I'm recovering. So it's a process. You've been quite laid up, that's yeah. for sure. So if I sound funny, it's because I had mouth surgery and I'm talking funny. That's true. You always um, talk funny, though. If you mean <laughs> I'm hilarious, then yes, you're correct. If you mean I have weird speaking mechanisms then um also yes <laughs> anyway so today's topic <laughs> um, so you thought it'd be fun to kind of dive into some local stuff right well local for me <laughs> yeah well it used to be local for me yeah local-ish nova scotia nova scotia we talked a little bit about the existence of nova scotia in our first episode there's <laughs> There's a lot better aspects of it than uh, Alan Legere. Yeah. Thankfully. So yeah, we thought we'd talk about uh, Halifax hotspots, like haunted places. Just kind of creepy places in general. There were a lot to choose from, though, so we had to kind of narrow it down. Yeah, it's a very haunted place. I knew there Oh were... my god. Oh. There was a story I wanted to tell you, though. You guys can listen to it, too. Fantastic. <laughs> so... It's on, it, it was on the Halifax Harbor, on the boardwalk area, um, which is apparently haunted, by the way, but we'll get to that. Uh, so I went there for a, a birthday recently. Happy birthday, Natalie. And while we were there, we got ice cream, right? And mm-hmm. it was like, mm, I want to say nine o'clock. It was very busy because there was a carnival in town. And... <laughs> we were all sitting down. There was a bunch of us having ice cream. And we were sitting on a bench overlooking the water. Just Very vibing. Romantic. There was someone, yeah, there was someone playing music in the background. The, the streetlights were on. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And a tall man walks in front of us, turns around. And I noticed somebody in the corner uh, holding a camera. And I was like, what? Who? What's happening? Because they're recording this guy. And mm-hmm. he takes off a shirt. He's wearing another shirt underneath, but he takes off one shirt. And we all kind of stop and look at this point where we're like, wait, what? 
is he doing this for us? Like, are we getting a strip tease? Like, what's <laughs> happening right now? And Happy so he birthday, takes off Natalie. a shirt, he throws it on the ground, and then he dives into the harbor. Which, Ew. if you don't live in Halifax, it's, it's nasty. <laughs> like, that is a big no-no. You will get, like, at least three diseases. That is That's not disgusting. <laughs> so, yeah, we're like, uh, really, dude? Yuck. And then we wait for him to climb out of the water. <sighs> and he's, he's weird, by the way. He looks weird. Okay. He starts humping the ladder as he's getting out. <laughs> Oh my and the God. guy recording apparently doesn't know him. They don't know each other. Oh, that's so even he worse. Starts, and then he gets off the ladder and starts doing that thing on the ground where you, like, guys grind on the ground. Oh, no! And he's soaking wet. He's got floppy body water all over the, <laughs> all over the boardwalk. And he's just humping it. And at this point, he's drawing a bit of a crowd because we're all like, Huh? Yeah. Like, what kind of cocaine are you on? And then he's he's not looking at anyone either. Like, he's staring at the ground. And then he shouts out. I don't remember exactly what he said, but he was like, If you're looking, you have to pay me. <laughs> <laughs> so immediately, all of our friends just kind of, like, duck our heads. <laughs> and then he gets up, grabs his shirt, and runs away. You know what? Kudos to him. I'm right in front of us of all the places. Why he gotta do it in front of a bunch of girls? Yeah. He was like mid forties too, by the way. Like Oh was... my god. I was picturing like our age. <laughs> Cause he at least then I'd be like, Oh, this dude's drunk, but he was like old and like wrinkly. I, I was like, like, Oh, he's what? doing it for a TikTok or something. Yeah, and then I the mean... guy who was filming him literally just runs the other way. Like they didn't know each other. It's <laughs> like Love that. That's perfect. So... And that, friends, is a, a lovely introduction to Halifax. Yeah, that's Halifax. There's never a dull moment. Yes, it's a nice, interesting city. <laughs> interesting. Safe? I guess... No. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, do you want to go out in the dark by yourself? Never. Jamie yeah. likes to text me, and we have a nice little game of gunshots or fireworks. Mm-hmm. And, like, most people that play that game, it's like, haha, like, you're in a suburban neighborhood, it's never a gunshot. But with Jamie, it's, like, sometimes a gunshot. Like, yeah, people there have been was... murdered outside your apartment. Literally outside my window from my bedroom, <laughs> there was, like, a guy actually got shot at, like, a pizza joint, and I think he died. So when I play that game, <laughs> I'm playing that game where I'm like, mm-hmm. I think that's a gunshot. <laughs> Should I look at? I'm for laughing movies? because I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. Because as your best friend and as someone on the other side of the country, when you're mm-hmm. like, huh, gunshot or firework, and I'm you're pretty like, convinced it's a gunshot. <laughs> yeah, stay away from your windows. It's fine. <laughs> so I guess for people that don't know, I guess we've got a couple listeners outside of Canada. Yeah. Um, Halifax is. The capital of Nova Scotia, which is a quote-unquote big city. (laughs) The big city in the little place. Um, Nova Scotia is a province on the east coast of Canada. Jamie and I grew up on the east coast, which is why there is a decent amount of twang that comes out every once in a while. Yeah. Um, Halifax is 
a pretty busy place, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie once told me that she thought Halifax was the biggest city in the country. I was uneducated. <laughs> <laughs> and wrong. <laughs> For those of you who don't realize how funny that is, it is not even close. Uh-uh. It's not even <laughs> in the top ten. <laughs> no. So... <laughs> So, um, yeah, Halifax, you know what, I will say, I did enjoy spending time in Halifax. It's not bad. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's definitely livable. There's some, there's some good history to it. There's a lot of, uh, like we said, interesting characters. Mmm. <laughs> Both living and dead. Oh, that was, yeah, beautiful. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, so we can start talking about the creepy stuff now. Well, I guess we should, before we kind of get into it too, we should probably say that a lot of this episode was inspired by a book that Jane has. Oh my god, I'm going to fangirl now then. Okay, so I have this book called Halifax Haunts, Exploring the City's Spookiest Spaces. And the author's name is Steve Vernon. Steve! I love you. I've met him <laughs> multiple times. Literally, I got so excited. I met him uh, at my university that I graduated from, um, I think two years ago. He was doing a Halloween event where he was telling scary stories. And then I saw him again at a different Halloween event telling scary stories by a campfire. And then mm-hmm. I saw him at the uh, Christmas forum and he was selling his scary books. So I was like, hey, I've seen you and spoke to you multiple times. And he was like, oh, cool. So he signed my book for me and stuff. And he spelled my name right. I didn't know that. And you you should definitely get his book because not only does it have the history of all the haunted places, it has a map of Halifax. With oh. everything marked off. So if you want to walk around, you can see it. So big shout out to Steve. Yeah, big shout out to Steve. I will um, put, I'm going to try and find his book on either his website or on Amazon. And I'll put a link to it in the show notes. So if people That's, want to yes. check it out. And I'll try and find his social media too. So we can shout him out a little bit yes. more there. Because, uh, yeah, I, I have not had the pleasure of meeting him. Because I am, as I said, on the other side of the country. But (laughs) Jamie speaks very highly of the book and very highly of Steve. And like sweating. I I don't think tonight's episode would have been as fun without being able to do some research from his book. So big ups to Steve. Thanks, Steve. So uh, I'll start off. And this first place I actually don't think is in Steve's book. But let me check. No. But it's um, one of my favorite places <laughs> in Halifax. It is the Camp Hill Cemetery. And if you've been to Halifax or you plan on going to Halifax, it's right next to the public garden. You just walk through the public garden, you will see the cemetery. Just go towards it. It's beautiful. And uh, I thought we would talk about this first because it's kind of like a lighter subject. It's it doesn't feel haunted necessarily in a scary way. It feels it feels like there's something there, but a good something. Right. Like yeah. every time I I loved walking through that when I had no Wi-Fi because I was bored, but I would walk through there and it was always sunny and light 
and warm, and it just gave me really good vibes. And it's a cemetery, so I'm like 99% sure it is haunted. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, I really liked it. And if you ever want to go check it out, Viola Desmond's grave is there, and we love her. Do you want to give the people a little background on who Viola Desmond is? Caitlin, do you want to do that? Because you're the historian. <laughs> I would love to. So, <laughs> so Viola Desmond was um, sort of the, I guess, the Canadian Rosa Parks. Woohoo! So she, I think it was, I want to say 1946, she refused to leave a whites-only section of a theater in Nova Scotia. So she was really the first black woman to sort of take a big stand against racial segregation in Canada, and especially Nova Scotia, which was rife with some pretty racist institutions, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, But Viola Desmond, as she grew up, she became this Canadian civil rights activist, and she she was a pretty cool lady. A legend. Like, if you lived in Atlantic Canada and you went to, like, school here, you definitely learned about her in in high school. Was there, um... Do you remember Heritage Minutes? Yes. Was there a Heritage Minute on Viola Desmond? I want to say yes. I have, like, a brief memory of one. Yeah, I think, I think so, yeah. So for, again, for our non-Canadian listeners, or people who don't, live in the past um there were these things on canadian tv that were called heritage minutes and it was basically like a minute-long commercial of a reenactment of a really famous moment in canadian history so there was like there was ones on the halifax explosion on um the doctor who developed like a neurosurgery solution for strokes but they were these little rundowns of canadian history that kind of got kids a little bit more interested in historic events of the country. Yeah. And they sure worked for me. I'm pretty sure there was a Desmond Heritage Minute. I think you're right. I feel like I vaguely remember that, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in case it wasn't obvious, I am not a history buff. <laughs> and in case it wasn't obvious, I am. <laughs> <laughs> so... I'll I'll do the paranormal, she can do the history. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what you were saying about the Campbell Cemetery in general is a really important way of looking at hauntings. Because, like, I feel like when people think about hauntings, they think everything has to be, like, a demonic presence or, like, a negative experience where people are getting pushed or attacked or scratched, whatever. Yeah. But being in a place that's surrounded by just peace and serenity like it doesn't have to be made obvious that there's a spirit there Mm -hmm. it's just like an energy that you can feel yeah like I will uh go on to say I don't necessarily like I'm not like 100% a believer but I'm open to it so I'm like I'm not like there are ghosts there are demons but I'm like if I feel something I, I I I'll I'll admit to it like I think that there's something else. So I'm like, yeah, I, I believe it. Yeah. And, like, when you go there, to, like, sum it up, it feels like I'm, like, if there are ghosts there, I'm 90% sure I'm surrounded by a bunch of old ladies offering me candy. Like, they're I old lady that. ghosts being like, hi, 
dear. Ah, oh, you want to go crocheting? <laughs> I don't want to walk. And it's Shut like up. crocheting. That's a good vibe. People. <sighs> yeah, Caitlin <laughs> likes crocheting. In case you guys didn't know. Um. Anyway, back to Camp Hill. Yes. So not only does it have incredible people like Viola Desmond, who is also oh. now on the Canadian ten dollar bill, <gasps> which excites really? me greatly. Yeah. I don't I have got, cash. So. <laughs> someone handed me a $10 bill when I was at Stampede, and it was one of the new ones. Yeah. So nice. I'm broke, but that's amazing for people who have $10. Exactly. <laughs> I wonder what that's like. Yeah. <laughs> but not only are there famous people like our $10 lady, there's, uh, there's another fella that's pretty important to Canadian history. Well, people know less about the history of him and more of the fun that he's brought many a college student on a night out. (laughs) So a man named Alexander Keith is buried at Camp Hill Cemetery. Yes, you heard that right. (laughs) Alexander Keith. So a lot of our Canadian listeners, I don't know if they have it other places. Oh, let me Google it because that's a good question. You you keep talking, I'll Google it. Our Canadian listeners will know for sure that Alexander Keats is a type of beer that is very fondly enjoyed, particularly by Atlantic Canadians, all year round. There's a lot of Alexander Keats memorabilia. They have like a whole merch website, which is really funny. But yeah, so he's buried at Camp Hill, but he is also a source of a really famous haunting in Halifax. So the brewery... That's a hard word to say. The brewery that um, he founded and that still makes the Alexander Keith beer, uh, it is reported to be one of the most haunted buildings in Halifax. So also, because, they oh. also sell it in America. Oh, okay. In 22 states. Just thought I'd let you guys know if any of our American listeners want to buy it. I think it's disgusting personally. But I'm not that's a fan because of beer. <laughs> No, exactly. Beer tastes like piss to me. Mm-hmm. Not that I know what piss tastes like. Sure. But, uh, but <laughs> I would imagine <laughs> it's that. But if um, you like beer, go, go for it. Good for you. Yeah. S- support our uh, maritime buddy Alexander. Ooh. I guess. Um, because I'm the history buff here, I'm going to do a little bit of a background to give you guys an idea of who Alexander Keith was. And why his brewery is so important to Halifax and to the Maritimes in general. So, the brewery itself was founded in 1820 by a Scottish immigrant named Alexander Keith. He was a pretty well-rounded guy. He did a lot of stuff. And he wasn't, he wasn't afraid to fight for what he wanted. So he moved to Halifax in 1817. And... By the time, like, three years had gone by, he already had enough saved up to buy the brewery in 1820. He had to move it to a larger building in 1822. And then he built a completely new brewery in 1836 um, to house all of his employees and all of the demands that he needed to meet because his beer was becoming so popular. So Mm. 1836 is when the current building that the brewery is in was built. Um, <laughs> it's been around since 1836. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, that's for sure haunted. <laughs> so he built this new brewery and also built his a home for him and his family at the same time. So he had eight kids with, I think, his second wife. I think his first wife died pretty young, and then he got married and had eight kids. So they needed a pretty big house. Yeah. Um, so they built that house the same year, and he built tunnels that connected the brewery and his house. Because here's the thing. Halifax is pretty rainy, and a maritime winter is not a winter that's enjoyable for anybody. So True. Alexander wanted to walk to and from work without dealing with the outdoors. So mm. the tunnels were a really cool system. So he's pretty successful by 1836. Like, he's doing his thing. Somehow, he went from becoming an owner of a brewery to being elected to Halifax City Council in 1841 and working for the city. Oh. And then he was elected mayor of Halifax <gasps> in 1843. Yeah, so he was mayor in 1843. Then he was elected again in 1853 and again in 1854. So he was the mayor of Halifax three times. Oh, I didn't know that. So, big deal. Like, Good super cool guy. Yeah. Um, and in addition to, like, owning one of the most successful breweries in Canada and being an important conservative political figure, Alexander Keith was also the Grand Master of the Freemasons of Nova Scotia. What? <laughs> oh, wait. Huh. Like, is this the thing you wanted to tell me? Hell yeah, it is. Whoa, I didn't you believe know that. that? If you haven't checked out our latest episode, it's a Freemason (laughs) one. Go back two episodes and you'll find that one. Yeah, so we did an episode on what Freemasonry is. So if you have any questions about that, we cover it in episode three. Um, Yeah, so he was a big deal. Not just, like, an entry-level Freemason either. Like, this guy was Grand Master. Like, he was up there doing his thing. That's fantastic. So he's a he's a powerful dude, and he's a smart guy, which mm. gives us an idea of why he's such an important figure in Halifax. Yeah, I literally just thought he had a beer company. I thought so, too. I never knew any of this. And I was, like, doing research, and I was like, what do you mean he was the mayor? <laughs> what? I was like, the beer guy? Anyway, so that's, um, that's Alexander Keith. So his brewery, the one that was built mm-hmm. in 1836, mm-hmm. is still being used today. So his brewery is, like, really, really popular for tourists. People who live in Halifax don't really go there very much, but they drink a lot of Alexander Keats. Yes. The brewery is, like, an experience for someone who's not from the area. Mm-hmm. But it's, it gets a lot of traffic. And there's a lot of staff and there's a lot of visitors that have reported some experiences in the brewery. So the first one is, um, there's a lot of reports from visitors and staff of a man who fits Alexander Keith's description, who is kind of seen walking around the brewery every Mm -hmm. once in a while. So in the tunnel that I mentioned that connects the brewery and his house, People hear footsteps, like, running back and forth. They hear footsteps of someone walking. 
um, it's really common for people to hear uh, like the squeaking of um, like a hand cart. Those are just the rats. Probably. But it sounds like the squeaking of a cart when, like, there's a big keg of beer on it. Mm. And But, yeah, people have seen Alexander kind of walking around just checking in on the place. Mm-hmm. Making sure everything is up to standard. Hmm. And you know what? I think as creepy as it would be for me to walk into a man from 1820, mm-hmm. I, would, I would be... I think it's quite peaceful that... Alexander Keith is still connected to his place and still doing his thing there, you know? There's a there's one account, though, that's not so peaceful. That... Oh, there's a couple that are not so peaceful. <laughs> which, which ones do you have? Let's see. Let's hear them. Because, so, like, I think that's, that's, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But if there's anything more than that, <laughs> I'm not going to like it. Yeah, the staff tend to report... A lot of sightings. So they report seeing Alexander Keith, but they've also seen a man and a woman who are in like 19th century clothing that kind of hang out in the restaurant sort of area. So there's the man is usually seen sitting at the bar and then he getting drunk. Yeah, and then he kind of disappears. And what's more disturbing to me is that the woman is seen walking around of wandering the place and then she disappears into a wall so a bit of a casper the friendly ghost sort of deal yeah see if i seen that i'd be like all right ghosts are real cool i would run myself into a wall (laughs) and be like no i'm done i can't no so those are that's a step up of like oh creepy oh i don't not quite as peaceful we don't know who these people are why they're hanging around maybe they just really liked beer who knows but there's a a rare occurrence that is seen popping up. The face of a man who appears in a mirror mm-hmm. just kind of <laughs> out of the blue. Yeah. And it's not that scary in and of itself. But this man seems to have just died a violent death. Yep. And I think I would shit myself. Absolutely. Like, I, especially after having a couple beers? Like, yeah, not, not something you want to see drunk. I'd need a couple beers <laughs> after that. Yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of... There's a little bit of variance at yeah. the Keats Brewery. Because there's, like, the peaceful... Oh, this really respected man is still taking care of his company that gave him all the riches... And, like, these people are still enjoying the patronage of the brewery itself. And then it's like, oh, Murder Man is in the mirror again. (laughs) Yeah. By the (laughs) way, uh, there's a bloody guy in the men's bathroom mirror. So, you know, if you need to pee, go quick and don't look. (laughs) Oh, my God, that rhymed. Ah, there you go. So, enjoy some beer. Enjoy some spooks. He's from Scotland. From Scotland so sorry to anyone from the UK that ever listens. Yeah. <laughs> we're not good at accents. No, but we're gonna keep doing them. Yeah. Maybe we'll get better the more we do it. We won't. No. <laughs> so my next one is also cemetery-driven. Uh, I think you might have been here, too. It's the Titanic Graves. <laughs> I sure have. 
For yes. those of you who do not know me in real life, buckle up. Because uh, yeah. anything Titanic is my shit. She's uh, been a lifelong fiend <laughs> for I've the studied, Titanic. I've studied the ship itself since I was six years old. She's not even exaggerating. Now. She's serious. Yeah, so Jamie has heard um, probably the most of all my friends of uh, the importance of Titanic in my life. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I've been to the Titanic graves. Yeah. A couple times. Doesn't I've got pictures me. of the graves. Anyway, yeah. I digress. I could go on for hours. Well, let's not do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, it, there's nothing, I think, that really says outright that they're, like, haunted. There's not really, like, any proof, quote-unquote. However, I also am a bit weird, and I did go there on my 18th birthday. <laughs> Don't ask me why, but I was like, I I this is 16th. what I, <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> this is what I want to do for my 18th birthday. <laughs> so I went there, and I was born in July, it was like 30 degrees, it was super hot and very sunny, I had been out earlier in the day, like we went to the gardens, we did a couple other things, so it was hot. We were sweaty. Oh, just my mom, by the way. Love you, mom. Um, but when we got to the cemetery, we, like, went over to the Titanic grave area. I think they have, like, what, a hundred of them? Is there around that? Less than that? Less than that. 80? There's, like... 40? It depends on I know on there's two cemetery. rows. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I'd say, like, max 40. Okay. Well... <laughs> I'm bad at math. <laughs> at this specific cemetery. Yeah. So, when we got there, we were walking around trying to, like, be respectful and stuff. And I was, like, dead cold. I had goosebumps. And I had, like, the cold chills. And I didn't really know why. Because the whole day, it had been nice and warm. It was still hot and sunny. But when we were at the gravesite, I was, like cold sweats and I was like I don't mm-hmm. really believe in ghosts but this is kind of freaking me out mm-hmm. I want to leave so we took our pictures and we skedaddled out of there because it was giving me the the willy nillies and I I don't necessarily think they're like if there are like bad ghosts there but maybe it was the trauma and the bad vibes from how they died yeah I was going to say I think a lot of it is in the feeling of it. Like, yeah. it's a very it's a very heavy experience to go to any sort of Titanic memorial. And that's not just yes. coming from someone who, like, knows everything about Titanic. Like, <laughs> all you really have to know is, like, these people died horrible deaths. Yeah. And, like, knowing that you're sort of in the presence of them is a lot. And there's... So when I went, I obviously, like, I knew... A little bit about each of the people that were buried whatever and I'm if we're gonna compare Jamie and I I would say I'm more of a believer than she is yeah <laughs> I'm like Probably, 50 50 you're like I'm what? like 90 10 oh yeah okay. <laughs> I'm like, like I'm probably overly into things 
Well, you've had experiences, so... I have. And my thing is, like, if it's not real, then it's not real. Like, whatever. But if it is real, I don't want to take the chance that I'm going to disrespect something or someone. Yeah. So I'd rather have my bases covered. So, like, I was there and I was, like... I was, like, talking to the gravestones and, like, (laughs) saying hello and, like, wishing them peace, whatever. But there's one... There's one grave that... Luckily, they've discovered who this person is now, but it's the grave of the unknown child. Oh. So, long story short, there was a pair of shoes that came up in the wreckage. Like, mm. this this body with, like, the only thing that was intact were the shoes. Um, and no one came forward to identify the child. No family ever found out. And obviously... It sank in 1912. There's not a lot of autopsy Mm. things that can indicate who this child was, who they were related to, and allow them to notify any family. So for pretty much 100 years, no one knew who this child was. But they've got this amazing little headstone that kind of gives a description of the child and has like a little prayer on it. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember his name now, but um, off the top of my head, but they have identified who the child was now. So there's, they can give sort of some peace to any descendants that may have remained, but I believe the rest of his family died in the sinking as well. So that's yeah. why no parents came forward. Um, that's so sad. But that, that gravestone in particular was a very heavy feeling. And like you said, like it, it, there may not be necessarily spirits walking around in that cemetery or in that specific area but there's definitely some emotional feelings that come out of it that make it pretty creepy like heavy yeah Yeah. i mean to be fair if i was drowned in a a boat sinking uh i'd probably be very frustrated and angry in the afterlife (laughs) oh absolutely yeah, there's like, a lot. This boat was supposed to be unsinkable. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't even get me started on it. It's fine. Everything's fine. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> but like Jamie and I have talked about it too. Like, there's a lot of stories, not even just supernatural, but just fantastical stories that come out of the reality of the sinking of the Titanic. And like, that's probably a two or three part episode we could go into of coincidences mm-hmm. and sort of mysteries that have come out of it and came before it. Like, it's a very, very broad topic that not a lot of people really go into because they think, like, oh, it hit an iceberg and it sank. Yeah. Like, I mean, yes, that did happen, but... <laughs> I'm it's not saying that's... my version of history. <laughs> but no, that's, um, yeah, there's a lot to look at with Titanic, but... Yeah, yeah that, that cemetery... There's a couple cemeteries in Halifax that have Titanic victims... But that one in particular is uh, it's quite heavy. Halifax has had, I'd say, its fair share of like pretty heavy things happen. Yeah. Um, and I guess that kind of ties into the next haunting that we want to look at. Um, mm-hmm. So I did a little bit of digging on a place called St. Paul's Anglican Church, which is funny because I feel like every city has a St. Paul's Anglican Church. Like, I don't know Mm. if it's a thing. There's one in Calgary. (laughs) 
I was trying they're to do everywhere. research, and I was like, they're fucking everywhere. <laughs> so, I don't know. My dad's name is Paul, so he's he gets excited at any time anyone talks about St. Paul, because he's like, oh, it's Hi, me. Paul. <laughs> um, yeah, so St. Paul's Anglican Church is the oldest building in Halifax. Its building was completed in 1750, so it's been around for quite a long time. And what I like about it not that I'm a religious person at all, like you do you, but like I don't I don't really attend church. I don't religion. I don't religion at all. Um but because this is the oldest building in Halifax, it's seen a lot of the history of Halifax change. So it houses hundreds of years of historical archives from Halifax. And all of their records are available online. So I had a fun time doing this one. The haunting that is really famous for St. Paul's Anglican Church has to do with the Halifax explosion. Just a little bit of background on that because, like I said, like things in Halifax seem to be pretty heavy. And this was, I would say, one of the most intense aspects of Canadian history. Like this was a big deal. Yeah. So long story short... December 6th, 1917, uh, a French cargo ship called the SS Mont Blanc was carrying explosives. And it, as it entered the Halifax Harbor, it collided with a Norwegian ship called the SS Imo or Imo. I'm not sure. It's Norwegian. I am not. So it collided with the Norwegian ship in the harbor. There were a couple of moments of panic before the ship ultimately exploded. And it killed 1,782 people for sure. There were people that were never found. Uh, It injured approximately 9,000 other people. And it completely destroyed Halifax. There was uh, not a lot left. It was pretty intense. And it's a pretty heavy topic even to think about. Yeah. Because, like, if you ever go to Halifax, like, there's memorials of it everywhere. Because it was, like, 1917 realistically wasn't that long ago. There's families that are still feeling the effects of it. Because, like, in reality, it was, like, technically, like, what, 100 and 304 years ago. So 100 and 304. I thought you were saying 100 or 300 or 400 years ago. (laughs) I was like... (laughs) No, 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 no. I was like, 19, James. (laughs) 19. I'm here. I'm present. I'm doing math. Yes. We were talking about Heritage Minutes earlier. Like I said, I think I mentioned the Halifax Explosion had a heritage minute. I think that was the one that everybody probably saw the most often, at least in the Maritimes. <laughs> mm. That was probably the most famous one. Like it had the So the Heritage Minute talks about a guy named Vince Coleman who was a train dispatcher, and there was a train that had a bunch of children on it that was coming towards Halifax as the explosion was about to happen, and Vince Coleman stayed behind to get this message out to the train that it needed to stop because the boat was about to explode. So he had time to get out of the Marconi office mm-hmm. because the the offices was like the offices were right along the harbor. So he had to choose between getting out and Aww. potentially saving himself or saving the children and the people on the train. Yeah. And he stayed behind. And now I that's feel bad why, for trash talking. Well, that's that's why Aww. I had to go back and check because, like, he was a selfless person. 
So That's so nice. The Halifax explosion was a lot. So when this explosion happened, so the morning of the explosion, the story of the haunting at St. Paul's Anglican Church started. So I heard two different versions of this story. Mm-hmm. Both kind of founded on the same idea. Basically, on the morning of the explosion, either a church deacon or an organ player was in front of one of the windows on the second floor of the church. Mm-hmm. So I had to look this up for myself. So I'm going to I'm going to give people an explanation of what a deacon is in case yeah, I don't you don't know. know. What that is. I fi- <laughs> teach me, mom. So, so a deacon is someone who's an ordained official in the church with the intent to become a priest. So he's like a priest in training. So either a priest in training or an organist was standing in front of a window when the explosion occurred. Mm. So the two versions of the story go that if it was the organist, he was decapitated by the glass shards in the explosion and Mm -hmm. killed on impact and if it was the deacon somehow like the energy of the light and the heat and the sorrow sort of etched his face into the glass like an image as he died which is a much more dramatic telling not that decapitation (laughs) isn't dramatic it definitely is but it's like a lot um but either way whether it was the organist or the deacon People claim to see, like, a gray figure or a shadow standing in... Obviously, it's a new window. Yeah. It's, it's, they've replaced it since 1917. But yeah, This is um, mentioned in Steve's book, too, by the way, if anyone's interested. Yes. Um, but they'll see this figure in the window on the second floor looking mm. out at Halifax, which I think is very sad. I've also been... Uh, I don't know if it's... I think it might have been two or three years ago, I've been on the ghost walk, and Mm. we walked by that area, and I remember being there, and it was dark, I think it was like, what, 10 o'clock at night or something, and they had people, like, there were people saying, like, look, you can see a face, you can see a face, I didn't see anything, I was looking, I was in the front, I wanted to see it, I didn't see anything, but apparently there were people who did see it. It might have just been an actor. It might have been real. I don't know. But I was sad I didn't see anything. But I was there. I will there. say, I, I've been to the area not at night, but it's creepy enough during the daytime. So kudos to you for yeah, doing I the, the ghost walk. I did not want to go alone. <laughs> <laughs> Although I do love scary stuff. Obviously. That area in and of itself is... Uh, pretty intense. I think yeah. our next story takes place across the street. Yeah, I think literally like re- like within walking distance, what? Mm-hmm. Two minutes max? Yeah. Yeah. So the next one you will have definitely heard about if you've been to Nova Scotia, the Five Fishermen restaurant. <laughs> um, I know many people who've gone there and all of them say it's haunted. And I'm like, that's cool. Um, Me included. So, yeah, so I can give a little bit of my background, and then do you want to tell your personal experience? Because I've never been there, but I want to go. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So, um, 
I don't know the full history because I'm not like Caitlin. Uh, it bores <laughs> me. So I just took what I thought was interesting from it. Um, I think Steve Vernon also talks about this in his book as well. But apparently the staff hear a lot of, like, creepy stuff. And apparently the staff have more experiences than the customers. Oh, yeah. Because... Um, where the kitchen is, apparently that used to be, uh, it used to, this whole thing used to be a mortuary, and that's where they kept the cadavers. Definitely would be a haunted place. That's creepy. Why did they turn it into a restaurant afterwards? <laughs> that's I, I don't, don't understand. Know. It was also a school. Yeah, why? It's not a multi-purpose thing. Can we just, like, pick one and go? No, so it went from a morgue. <laughs> to a school for girls and now it's a restaurant yeah that why who who approved (laughs) this why would you do that you know it's gonna be haunted (laughs) but yeah so there are uh rumors of both uh customers and workers hearing people walking around there being like loud footsteps shadows dark figures seen in like the corners of people's eyes Staff have experienced flashing lights, like the lights flickering. Um, this one I don't like. Someone calling their name when they're there alone. Mm-hmm. Huh? No. I would be out. I'd be like, I. That's <laughs> enough from you. I quit. Thank you so yeah. much. And dishes being dropped or like smashed um, by themselves, and also the figure of an old man. Like, staff will see an old guy and think mm-hmm. it's a customer, and then they'll go to, like, take his order or, like, go up to him to usher him in, and he's gone. He pops up in the mirror a lot upstairs in mm. the, like, dining area. See, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't mess with mirrors. I don't like that. No. Like, I'm not necessarily a believer, but I do not play with mirrors. I, they're supposed to be, like, what, a gateway or, yeah. like, a... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to... Ta- no, 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 no. Yeah, so when I went on a tour there... And the, um, the waitress, well, I, I went for lunch. I conned my way into a tour. <laughs> um, and the waitress was like, oh, yeah, this is the mirror where we see the old guy. Nah. As I'm looking at the mirror, <gasps> she tells me this, and I was like, oh, fuck, okay. I was like, that would have been nice to know before. Did you see an old guy? Jeez. <laughs> no. <laughs> but immediately I was like, Bleh. If you did, you might have soiled your pants. <laughs> uh, absolutely. I almost soiled my pants anyway. <laughs> so did you have fun? Was the food good? Oh, the food was actually delicious. I think I had a wrap. It was great. But the reason I was so excited about it was because um, <laughs> it was it was the morgue that was used by the McKay Bennett, which was the ship that went out to retrieve bodies from the wreckage of the Titanic. So it was Titanic passengers that were the cadavers oh there. That's why you know it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so I go there, I conned my mom into taking me for lunch, and then I gave the waitress a bit of a sob story about how much I love Titanic and how passionate <laughs> I am. So she, in the middle of her shift, she took me on a tour, like behind oh. the scenes of the whole restaurant. Oh my god, it was amazing. I wish I remembered her name. She was... So Fired. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's probably good I don't remember her name. I'm not going to get in trouble. But um, 
yeah, so she took me around into the staff areas, um, into all sorts of places. She told me a couple of personal stories that she had had, um, very reminiscent of what Jamie was saying, like hearing people calling her name. Um, there's like dinner parties they've had where like people are, um, renting out the dining room upstairs and Mm -hmm. they'll have people in like 20th century clothing, like Titanic era clothing that are just all of a sudden there. And customers are like, well, I didn't invite them to the party. <laughs> the staff is like, well, they don't work here. And then it's this moment of like, oh, my God. Well, then oh, get out. <laughs> no, nobody invited this guy. Um, there, there were two spots in the restaurant that I felt really, really heavy. So the first place was um, where they house. It's like, it's not like a wine cellar, but it's like a wine room, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um and it used to be the elevator where they would bring the bodies up. Mm-hmm. So I walked in and I was like, oh, fancy, a wine cellar. And then the waitress was like, yeah, look up. And there was a huge hook hanging from the ceiling. So that was the hook that they would use to hook the coffins up. Ooh. Because, like, coffins and, like, the bodies and stuff are heavy. So they would use mm. this hook to get everything secured so they could turn the elevator on. So it was, like, the original hook that no one had ever taken out. It was, like, all rusted. And, like, I, I just, like, I felt like I couldn't breathe. It was just this moment of, like, oh, my God. Like, this is where all of the bodies were. Not even just Titanic passengers, but bodies in general in this morgue being transported mm-hmm. up and down. Like, there's so much emotion in it. And then, um, yeah, so the dining room upstairs... There's, like, the dining room. You go upstairs, and then on the right is the dining room where the mirror is. And then on the left is, like, more of a bar area Mm -hmm. connected to the dining room. And she was telling me that that's where a lot of employees have experiences with their name being called. And there's, like, like a dark figure that hangs around in the bar. Yeah, I'm going by a fake name if I go there. (laughs) Like a shadow man that hangs out. Mm. It was very creepy, and it, like, it felt heavy. Mm, like, it didn't feel, it didn't feel negative, but, like, intense, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, so, (laughs) great food, though. Great service. (laughs) I know why, I think I know why their food's so good. Why? They season it with the ashes from the mortuary. (laughs) I fucking knew you were gonna say that. I've been thinking about that joke oh for the past five minutes. <laughs> anyway, so uh. I'm either going to go eat there or apply to work there, because either way I want to go. <laughs> Please work there. And if I do, I will let you all know if I experience anything. And if I do, I may change my opinion on paranormal stuff. <laughs> <laughs> if I do, the podcast is cancelled. I will never talk about it ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be going to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, should do that anyway, but that's a different story. Hmm. Whoops. That's my favorite place in all of Halifax, for sure. The Five Fishermen? The Five Fishermen is easily hmm. the coolest place. Good for them. So, it's not just the Five Fishermen that I think is super cool, though. But that's mm-hmm. just the cool place that I've been to. There's a place called the Neptune Theater. I've been that... there. Oh, I want to go. I went there to see A Christmas Carol with my friend Anna and her mom one Christmas. I met the actor. It was really scary. I got starstruck and couldn't speak. 
I think Sorry, I mentioned continue. this in a podcast. I was a big theater kid. Still uh, is. I am. I am a big theater kid. Um, Nerd. Absolutely, and proud <laughs> of it. So the Neptune Theater combines all of my favorite things. It's very old and historical. It's haunted, and it's a theater. So I really can't go wrong with it. <laughs> so I was very excited to look at the ghost stories here. So background on the Neptune. It was built in 1915, and it was originally known as the Strand Theater. And one thing that I thought was cool was it was designed by Andrew Cobb, who was the first professional architect in Nova Scotia. Good for him. So, yeah, good for him. That was cool. So yeah, so the it's Strand Theater. It's still standing, so. Exactly, he did a pretty he's good, good at job. His job. <laughs> so the Strand Theater was the original theater company that was in the building. Um, and they were, it was originally a vaudeville house. So it was the first vaudeville house. Do you know what vaudeville is? No. So, <laughs> so I didn't think you would. So I wrote down the definition. Amazing. So an easy explanation of vaudeville is it's like a comedy sometimes with music. So the Wikipedia definition is that it's a comedy without psychological or moral intentions based on a comical situation. So there's not, like, more behind it. It's just funny. It's like a funny musical play. Okay. It, like, originated in France, and it became really popular in North America. And, like, this was most popular in, like, the 30s, but that's beside the point. Um, (laughs) So it was originally a vaudeville house, um, and vaudeville houses weren't typically theaters. They were just, like, hangouts. So it was the first vaudeville house in Nova Scotia that was actually constructed. <laughs> Theater rejects, haha. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but sorry, it was the first vaudeville house that was constructed as a theater, like with the intent of doing theater, which was kind of cool. Mm. So that was 1915. So then there was a fire in 1926 that needed a lot of renovation. It didn't burn down, but it came pretty close. So there was a lot of renovation and redecoration. Um, and then they did more redecoration two years later in 1928. And then in 1928, it was taken over by the Garrick Theater Company, so it became the Garrick Repertory Theater. Wow. Um, and unfortunately, that was a bad time because we all know that the stock market crashed in 1929, so the year after the Garrick was founded, and the Great Depression happened. So yeah, no I one had. I totally knew that. Yeah. Oh my god. So no one had money to go see plays they barely had money to feed themselves so the garrick repertory theater shut down three years later it opened as a movie theater and it remained a movie theater for the next 33 years so it wasn't until july 1st 1963 that the neptune theater company was founded and it reopened the theater as the neptune theater Hmm. So it's a really, really old building. (laughs) Exactly. It's a really old building, but it's only been the Neptune since 63, Mm -hmm. which historically speaking, isn't that long. But um, in terms of hauntings, give us the scary details. There's like, there's rumors that there was a brothel upstairs when it wasn't being (gasps) used by a theater company and like all the stories that come with brothels, whatever. Um, there's no confirmation of that, but a lot of brothels didn't keep record because they're brothels. So there's, like, oh. no way of actually confirming if any of that is true. Um, Boo! <laughs> but the thing with theaters is 
almost every theater or like theatrical place has some sort of ghost story or haunting that goes along with it. And I think a lot of it is just because it's a place of high emotion. Any place that there's heavy emotion behind, like if someone dies like a tragic death or like a violent death, there's more than likely going to be some sort of ghost story that comes out of it because there's like a residual feeling of that energy yeah. left behind. And in a Hence place like the a name theater, residual haunting. Exactly. So in places like theaters where there's large groups of people experiencing high levels of emotion coming from these plays and even from the movies that were being shown there, there's going to be I don't want to say like false ghosts created but there's Mm -hmm. going to be heavy aspects of energy left so one thing that the people at the neptune talk about a lot is this thing called a ghost light so a ghost light for people that aren't theater people is Uh a really really common practice in theater um so it's like it's like a lamp almost or like a single light that is left either on stage or like really close to the stage um so it's left on after a show is done after a rehearsal has been cleaned up whatever Mm -hmm. um and it's left like when people leave so it's a really common practice in small theater companies but it's also like people on broadway do it all the time like the cast of legally blonde have talked about their ghost light that they leave on like a lot of broadway theaters have this tradition so there's some there's like a theater tradition that depending on who you ask and how much they believe in it Mm -hmm. some people say that the ghost light chases away bad spirits because they don't want to get caught in the light so they're not going to come in and mess with the set or mess with the costumes mess with the actors if it's if they're like still hanging out some people will say that it lights the way for the ghosts after everyone has left so it's kind of a respect thing that they can still see where they're going they can still see things that they do and then people who aren't really believers say yeah we leave the ghost light on so that people don't fall into orchestra pits (laughs) which you know what is fair because i was doing a show once when i was in like i think i was in sixth grade and this girl fell off the stage into an orchestra pit she broke like part of her jaw and like lost two of her teeth was I in was I there for that? Cuz I feel no. like either I was there or you told me about it. And I was I like, told you about oh. it when it happened cuz I remember getting home and calling you and being like, "Oh my god." Right. Okay. Cuz I was I was outside when it happened and I just heard this like thunk and like instruments oh. falling. Oh and then I heard her crying. Oh. Yeah, it was uh so realistically, even if there's not ghosts, it's a good idea to good leave practice. a light on. Cuz like orchestra pits are like deep yeah and not soft but anyway i digress the ghost light is like a really important tradition for a lot of theater companies so Mm -hmm. the neptune they always leave a ghost light on but there's a lot of stories of like hearing footsteps in in the attic or like seeing things move around having costumes moved like hangers picked up whatever But the one story that I really found compelling 
from the Neptune was that one night there was an actor who was staying behind after a rehearsal to kind of clean things up, organize things a little bit, have some time by themselves. Mm-hmm. And they had nothing but the ghost light on because they were just getting ready to leave. And the ghost light sort of illuminated this actual ghost or this spirit who started dancing across the stage and like was doing a performance of what these people had been rehearsing doing a performance for this actor like not interacting with them just dancing across the stage that would scare the heck out of me I think that's so beautiful though that (laughs) this this light was able to capture uh, but I mean, yeah, like if it was, if I was the actor that watched that, I'd jump into the orchestra pit. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> cool, like, yeah. but I don't want to see it. Fair. Yeah, so like, like I said, there's lots of little things at the Neptune, but I thought that was. Oh, the I can, I can add some. Oh! Because there were some that um, Mr. Vernon wrote about. I thought you were going <gasps> to say those ones you didn't, but no, you told me I didn't different wanna... ones. I didn't want to go into too much. Because, like, like I said, with theaters, there's so much high energy that it creates yeah. a bunch of different... Um, One of the, um, the things that I heard about was... Uh, from Steve, you know. <laughs> um, is that there is a ghost who uh, reportedly is seen taking vows any chance he gets. Like, whenever shows are finished this ghost apparently wants to to come and bow before the other people he wants the recognition recognition um i think that's kind of cute gotta love getting validation even after death (laughs) there was another one uh i'll read this one from the book it's of a spirit the staff members call sid the ham so apparently there was an actor who fell from the grid, like up top, the framework above the stage, and apparently he was fixing a light, and he wasn't supposed to be up there, and he fell, and you know, but uh, yeah, people say they hear footsteps all the time, and uh, chains apparently being rattled, which I don't know why there are chains, but. All right, Sid the Ham, you do you. Uh, and apparently he's been seen for years during various performances, and he's a lucky charm for the actors. If the actors see Sid before a performance, it's supposed to be a really good night for the actors, so I think that's kind of cool. Um. And yeah, even if it's just folklore, I think that's oh, I think that's kind of cool. I can interject here and say um, the reason there would be chains is um, for the lighting equipment. Ah, that checks out because he was trying yeah. to fix the lights. Yeah. Also, yeah. That's all I got for that one. That's what that was. Kind I like. I like the guy taking the bow. Good yeah, I think that's really funny. He needs attention, even in the afterlife, and I. That's gonna really, be me. <laughs> I really identify with that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So. Was that all the ones you have? I think I have one or two more. Yeah, that's that's it for me. <laughs> it's my turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one hits very close to home for me. It's Dalhousie University. I have to burp. <clears throat> Excuse me. Go Dal. Um, 
It is the Sheriff's Hall residence. So, um, I used to live there. And it is the, apparently the haunted place at Dalhousie. And I lived there for two years. So, (laughs) the legend has it, there was a girl. It's debated whether she was a student or a, like, cleaning lady, staff. Apparently, she was very quiet and shy, but she fell in love with the professor. Oh, no. Which makes it sketchy if she was a student, but, you know, debated. Also, I don't know if this is true. This might just be, like you say, like a legend, like the theater, but, but the thing. it could be. Legends come from somewhere. Exactly. So you never know. if It, it, exactly. might, it might be real. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, so she fell in love with this professor. He was kind of into her. He was like, yeah, she's all right. Um, Men. Uh, yeah, so it says he, like, mistreated her, and, like, he didn't want any future with her, but she got pregnant. <gasps> and she was like, this is yours. And he was like, nope, not interested. And apparently... Always use it, a condom. Yes. <laughs> Especially when you're... <laughs> Especially in when you're questionable your relationship. Yeah. Yes. Um, and yeah, apparently she was uh, heartbroken and depressed, and she hung herself. Yeah, so apparently she hung herself on the fourth floor in Newcomb House of Sheriff Hall. And for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Sheriff Hall is, I think, divided into three or four different little, like, houses. Newcomb is the all-girls spot. And guess where I used to live? I was fourth say, floor of wait Newcomb. A minute. <laughs> yeah. So I literally lived oh. on the fourth floor of Newcomb House in Sheriff Hall. And I remember hearing the the rumors of it in first year and being like, meh, whatever. And then in second year, I had actually worked at Dal as well. And that's when the staff that I worked with were like, no, yeah, that yeah, that's a real thing. And then they gave me the details and I was like, oh, ooh. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, Nina Likey. Um <laughs> So, yeah. Again, I don't necessarily know if I believe it, but I had some weird experiences that I kind of ignored because I was like, I have to live here for two years, and I don't want it to be haunted. Um, Someone I used to know said that uh, she would always hear, like, knocking on her door and the walls, and I didn't really believe her because she was very into spiritual stuff. Um... So I was just like, mm, she might just be reading into it. It's probably just mice or whatever. Could be a lot of mice, just letting <laughs> y'all know. Um, so I was like, meh, it's mice in the walls. You're fine. Um, but uh, I also had an experience in a bathroom. Um, <laughs> and it, it freaked me out, and I can't really explain it. So the bathrooms there are nasty. They, At least when I was there. I think they've renovated. They literally put 40 women, or young adult ladies, uh on a floor and give us four bathrooms four public washrooms like Ooh. literally like walmart bathrooms like the stalls the cracks in the door <laughs> that was that was shared among us for a year it was gross you had to poop next to people like it was not fun <laughs> um but i remember going in there one time late at night had my little house coat on my little slippers and I go in there, and I'm like, okay, I'm alone. So then I went in, and I, because I, I never like to use the bathroom when people are around, so I'd always try to go to an empty one. And I went to the one nearest to my, my room, and I sat down, and there was no one installed next to me because the door was open. 
and there's only like two doors and then two in a different spot so there's like four bathrooms but separated um so I was sitting chilling I can't remember if I was peeing or pooping not related to the story really but no, just wanted to give, give you guys more TMI. details yeah, give us more. <laughs> and I remember sitting there and you can hear when the door opens because it creaks really loud it was like ah! so I knew nobody had come in um <laughs> rip headphone users <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I literally heard the sink go like like it sounded like somebody had turned it on and off like they washed their hands really bad because I was like I was like two seconds but then I was like wait is someone in here though and I like peeked through the crack because you know they're huge mm-hmm. There's nobody there, and I was like, you know what? It's late at night. I misheard things, and then I hear the the chunk sound of the <laughs> the chunk sound the the paper towel. Like when you pull mm. it down, it goes. Mm-hmm. I heard that, and I was like, what? Like nobody's in here. So I finished doing what I was doing, and I went out right away, and I was alone. And I was like, uh, uh. Thanks. I hate it. Yeah, and I really can't, I don't know, I can't really explain it, so I just was like, um, you know, this, I probably just misheard it, and then I went to bed, because I was like, I don't want to deal with that. That's my favorite thing with ghost stories, when people are like, yeah, I saw a figure at the end of my bed, it was creepy, then I went back to sleep. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really want to think about it, I don't want to believe that. I mean, that's fair. Like, I didn't see anything. See, I would have been completely a believer afterwards if I had seen some chick, like, standing there staring at me after, like, ghosty. You know what, what, Actually, that would really scare me. I don't want to do that. Ideal place to do it, though, because if you're going to shit yourself out of fear, you're already in the bathroom. Yeah. So. Convenient, thanks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, I had also experienced a different thing that I didn't really know what it was. Um, until I, I kind of put it together actually this year when I, when I was doing the research for this. So they have these study lounges um, all over the place. I think maybe two per floor, at least in Newcomb. And if you were in my friend group, you know we studied there <laughs> at the weirdest hours. Like, not during the day. It'd be like mm-hmm. 11 p.m. to 6 a.m. That's so when no right. one else is around. Yeah. And they have, like, they're not just solid walls coming into the, um, into the room, because they don't want it to feel super boxed out, because there were no windows. Of course. Because, you know, fun. Uh, who needs it? So, they just had, like, slanted panels, and then a little entryway, so you could see if someone Mm -hmm. was walking down the hall. And every single time I would study there late at night by myself, whether it was, like, after everyone had left or before anyone was coming, it always felt like there was someone about to turn the corner or, like, about to peek around and look at me. Because sometimes our friends would do that and be like, oh, you're still here. And then they... And it it felt like someone... Like, it would... It could have just been in my head, but it, it was to the point where I'd be, like, sitting there typing... And I'd think I see somebody peeking, so I'd look up from what I'm doing. Mm. And then there's nobody there. And I'm like, oh, I could have swore I saw someone with, like, dark hair. 
Apparently, Penelope had long black hair and was very white, pale, short girl. And I'm was like, Penelope the one that was the uh-huh. professor? Nice. Yeah, nice. that's what I read in the book, like a couple days ago. It said she was small, long black hair, and I'm like, oh, nice. So is that who I was seeing for that... two years when I was like, is someone coming in? No, I'm alone. That tracks. I don't like that, though, because that freaks me out. Because I saw uh, that all yeah. the time. That has me a little spooked, but it's fine. But yeah, that that was my experience. Honestly, I feel like there might have been a couple more experiences that I have repressed, because I'm like... That wouldn't don't surprise me think at about it. I heard yeah. another noise, and now I'm freaked out. Why do we do no, this at don't... night? Why do we always do this know. at night? Every time. <sighs> yeah, so... That was a little bit... There's so many more ghost stories in Halifax. There's, like... Literally, like, at least 30. Yeah. So, like, if you guys want more, we can give you more. Yeah, we can give you more. But I think it's a nice little dive into how cool Halifax is. Yeah. I think Halifax is underrated. Yeah, I think so, too. Like, sometimes it sucks, but it's also underrated. Yeah. I like it. It's a nice place to visit. I don't think I could ever live there, but that's just me. As someone who's lived in so many places, yeah. um, this one is not one of the worst, so yeah. I'll say that. I do like, yeah. the, the people are amazing, the food's good, the ghosts are creepy. And what more can you really ask for? Alright, everyone have a fantastic day. Or night. Or have life. A good time. produced and edited by us, Kate and Jane. Our theme music is Stuck in a Hole by Dated. For more information on where to find them, check out the link in our show notes. And to connect with us, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Creeps and Coffee.